Welcome everyone to the Retro Chat Podcast. We are live and on the air across all of the Information Superhighway. It's Wednesday. You know what that means. It's Retro Chat Live. Yes, I did steal that from Jim Ross. Uh, joining me right now, as you might think, I'm, I'm not on my own. I do have a guest and that guest, first of all, is this man from the Ministry of Slam. Please welcome Lee Tyers. Lee, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Andy. How are you this evening? I am really good, and I've just realised I haven't played the intro music. You haven't played the intro? Well, I mean, get rid of me. Play the intro music. That's the important uh, thing here. We'll, we'll just do this. <laughs> start again, we'll start just, again. We'll just do this. excited by the new countdown <laughs> that they kind of kick the show off in the new music just completely yeah. forgot it at least you haven't got any cgi giant wrestlers uh in front of anything because that would ruin it well i wouldn't mind having a cgi becky lynch but you know okay i mean that's your bag that's fine well at least it's not charlotte flair and uh, hey how you doing my old buddy i am doing well it's been a busy busy uh week or so but no excited about about tonight looking forward to it and uh yeah it's going to be a good uh, a good show now, we can't do it with just us two. We need somebody else to compete in the great debate. So about to make his debut from realwrestling.net, welcome, Peanut. Real Wrestling Quizmaster, and it's great to be here on Retro Chat. Bang, bang. <laughs> I like it. Going old school. I do. I love the Mick Foley. I love the Mick Foley. <laughs> Peanut, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, thanks. How is everyone else? Good. Hey, good. We are very good indeed. Now we have the live chat room running at the moment. We've already got some people in there. Princess McCat, hey, how you doing? Uh, Bericles is saying greetings. If you want to come and join us, you can do all you need to do is head over to YouTube, to Facebook, to Twitch, to Twitter, to Instagram, to Trodal, to uh, any other place you can watch video. Really? everywhere literally the entire internet we're on right now if you have a if you have any kind of phone laptop anything if you turn it on we're going to be on it right now the three of us that's what you're going to see exactly and that's a, that's a good thing to watch oh yeah definitely yeah it really is you know absolutely good thing to watch uh howdy head of steel four is in there as well now before we get started on the debate let's give you some contact details if you would like to get in contact with us on the show then you can do all you need to do is head into one of those platforms that we've talked on earlier and search for the Retro Chat podcast. Uh, or you can go on the Information Superhighway and you can go to the Ministry of Slam or the MOS Network and you do that by going to these places, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Or head over to realwrestling.net if you want the latest in pro wrestling news, views, podcasts, and Peanuts, very difficult 
60 quizzes. <laughs> Hardest quizzes on the internet. Yeah, and um, trust me, they really are. We've already talked about making some of these uh, public and doing some real uh, challenges. I think we've got to make that happen pretty soon. I think we need to, don't we? <laughs> I'm intrigued about the new one that you're working on that you told uh, that you told Lee and I off air. Uh, do you want to break that one and tell us what it is? Yeah, so the next one that's coming out is How Well Housing Do You Know Dan Housing? <laughs> Brilliant. Love the name. Love the name. Right, let's do it. Let's get on with the great debate. So this is how it's going to work tonight. Lee is going to be representing the legendary Bobby the Brain Heenan, one of the all-time great managers from the World Wrestling Federation and the Independency and the AWA. Peanut is going to be representing Jim Cornette, another legendary manager from Smoky Mountain, from the NWA, from WCW, from Mid-Atlantic, and from the WWF. We're going to kick it off, giving them one minute to put their case forward as to why they should have the world's greatest manager. And then we're going to debate it in full. And we want you guys to get involved in the chat room. You can leave your comments. Bericles is already saying, so Lee is going to win the debate. <laughs> well, I don't think that's given yet. You know, we'll, we'll have to see. Let, let's see what happens. <laughs> so let's kick this off right now. So going first, putting his case forward as to why the brain should be the world's greatest wrestling manager, Lee, shoot. Do I get timed one minute exactly on this? Yeah, I'm setting the timer right now. <laughs> Here we go, your time starts now. Bobby the Brain Heenan, where do you start? I think one of the, the key things about the brain, um, just as his major selling point, is his diversity. One minute he could be managing Andre the Giant, and uh, he's one of the most menacing wrestling managers, one of the biggest arsenals of weapons in wrestling history. The next minute he can flip it on its head and he's in a weasel suit making everyone laugh, getting beaten up. Um, another great selling point of Bobby the Brain Heenan, he's one of the greatest commentators, color commentators in the history of wrestling, and he used that to get his talent over. More often than not, we'd hear him next to uh, Gorilla Monsoon or, or, or someone else uh, in the commentary booth, Vince McMahon, uh, talking about his protégés, his stable, and, and uh, how well they're going to do. And it just really raised that ire. And uh, yeah, just a star-studded, um, amazing array of talent. People like Andre the Giant, King Kong Bundy, the Brain Busters, the Barbarian, Mr. Perfect, Ravishing Rick Rude, doesn't get any better than that. Bobby the Brain Heenan, what more can you say? Time. Well done. Almost wrapped it <laughs> in the middle. Close, Heenan. close. <laughs> Your 60 seconds as to why Jim Cornette should be the world's greatest wrestling manager starts now. So Jim Cornette is another one that's got quite a diverse portfolio, but he's not just been a manager and a color commentator. He's been a booker, an agent. He runs Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He's been a fa he's, he's done so many different things across so many different companies, such as NWA, WWE, WCW. He's managed diverse talent in his own right, such as Bobby Eaton, a tag team in Midnight Express. You've also got Yokozuna, Owen Hart, Vader to add to the portfolio. I also feel that one of his major selling points is actually the tennis racket as well. Very often you'll have a manager use a cane. It, and, you know, you've got that classy Freddie Blassie and, and Mr. Fuji in that. But using a tennis racket, you don't see that every day. It's unique. It's different. And uh, where, you can't talk about Jim Cornette as well without talking about his amazing promos. He stands there and he cuts such a great promo and gets his talent over. He can get nuclear heat. He's had death threats. He's had it all. Um, 
there we go. <laughs> Two really compelling arguments as to why your guy should be the world's greatest wrestling manager. You think about it, the cross-relation in terms of uh, the weasel for Bobby Heenan, the ability to commentate, the stable of portfolio that they had. So let's get into it. Peanut, you've heard Lee's opening gambit. What's your response? It's a pretty good, it's a pretty good opening gambit, but it does feel like anything Bobby can do, Cornette's done it better. With the more diverse talent that you talk about, I think he's got you there. With his diversity in two color commentary and everything else, I think he's got you there. Um that's that would be my first two points to what you said. Lee, you're a bow. Uh, I would uh, highlight in, in one uh, sentence and one appearance, if you want Bobby Heenan in a nutshell, you've got it in one of the biggest wrestling angles in wrestling history, uh, one of the biggest events in wrestling history, managing Andre the Giant to the ring against Hulk Hogan, WrestleMania 3, the Silver Dome, 93,000 fans, uh, one of the biggest angles, as I said, in wrestling history. So confident on the way to the ring with Andre, head in his hands at the end, played it like an absolute pro, didn't think he'd see Andre get defeated. And uh, yeah, just showed uh, his, his worth there, I think. It's interesting when you do that. I mean, you've kind of raised him coming to the ring with Andre in front of 98,000 fans at Pontiac Silverdome. Peanut, you're, you're kind of raising a different angle on that. Where is Jim Cornette really had that level of exposure? In, in terms of an angle compared to Bobby Heenan, Hulk, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant? Well, I mean, sure, it, it might not be as a manager, uh, but I, if you've watched the uh, Montreal Screwjob Dark Side of the Ring, you'll see that Jim Cornette was one of the masterminds behind all of that. And even though it might not be Hogan, Andre the Giant, it's still an amazing and talked about wrestling angle now, even in its own right. Okay, yeah. Yeah. I'm with you. I mean, I'm, uh, despite the fact I'm uh, putting forward the argument for Bobby Heenan here, I am a big Jim Cornette fan. I love FTR so much because of the retro Midnight Express feel. And how weird is that? FTR, originally, they're sort of based on the Brain Busters, but now they're coming to the ring to the sort of take on the Midnight Express music, the Jim Cornette protégés. But again, uh, love the old school feel. Jim Cornette, fantastic manager. And I think, and again, just to give you sort of um, kudos here for Jim Cornette, if Jim Cornette had been in WWF and had that exposure uh, during the, the sort of same time in the NWA, I think Jim Cornette would be, you know, right up, up there. I think it is just a case of exposure. He didn't have that um, sort of worldwide platform that the WWF gave Heenan. Um, he had that opportunity to get on things like, uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel show and, uh, you know, places like that, where, you know, NWA at that time was more of the Southern Federation, didn't really have those opportunities. So, I mean, maybe that's the key difference. Okay. Let's, let's touch on that because that's an interesting point. Do you, do, are you thinking that Bobby Heenan could be classed as the world's greatest manager because of the fact he spent time in that one promotion in the WWF? It's difficult. It's difficult without knowing. I mean, again, one of the things that, that sort of highlights that is the fact that Bobby Heenan in the AWA, again, we're not talking WWF, WCW, nothing with worldwide exposure, but even in the AWA, he was 
almost head and shoulders over a lot of the talent there in, in forms of entertainment and you know, giving the rub to some of the to some of the stars there and, and the people that he managed. People like Nick Bockwinkle, great wrestler, AWA world champion, not necessarily the best on the mic. And again, that's where a, a manager is really used to his to his best, you know, bringing forth the personality of of the wrestler and adding to the package, uh, being a mouthpiece for that. And again, he's uh, yeah great uh, great use it being used in that sort of uh, scenario so he was really good in the AWA but again his real exposure came with the WWF and having that machine behind him Pina what's your take do you think that it hurt Cornette by not being in the WWF during the <clears throat> the glory days of the 80s compared to Bobby Heenan I mean it's a fair argument to be made um did it hurt Jim Cornette I don't I don't feel like it hurt Jim Cornette because Jim Cornette still did go on to be really well known uh, and obviously with his podcasts and stuff now and the following that he's got, he is really mainstream and everybody kind of knows who he is. He's even managing to stay relevant today. Um, but with I don't know if it hurt him because he was able to manage and go to all these different companies and manage all these different teams and sort of rub shoulders with all these different people rather than just staying in one place. So even though Bobby Heenan got the more exposure amongst a lot of the fans he got more exposure amongst the wrestlers and the backstage mm. stuff which he would then later use to his advantage when he was an authority figure or florida championship wrestling and think and smoke him out in wrestling as well later on okay so let, let's talk politics as you, you both raised some really good points i mean Cornette is known for being a political master if you will, or more to the point, rubbing people up the wrong way. <laughs> uh, we, we've seen that in the NWA. We've seen it in Crockett. We've seen it in WCW. We've seen it in the World Wrestling Federation when he was in as, as part of the writing team. We've heard that well documented. We've seen it in TNA. We've seen it in, in Ring of Honor. Is that a detriment to his legacy? Does that affect Cornette in the public's eyes? Because if you Google world's greatest wrestling manager, it always comes up with Bobby Heenan's number one. Oof, how do you answer that? That's tricky, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Every t well, if it's on Google, you know, it's got to be true. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's not on Wikipedia. <laughs> I mean, I've, I've got an interesting take on that, and I think uh, it, it kind of goes with, with Jim Cornette's uh, whole persona. He is very old school. He is uh, sort of NWA uh, through and through, with his, his kind of spirit and, and his persona in wrestling. And I think he is certainly some of the, the strong views he's had over the past sort of 10, 15 years have been where you get people like an Orange Cassidy or a Dan Housen, the people who aren't traditional good guy, bad guy, uh, old you know old school heel work old school fan favorites that sort of stuff and I think potentially a lot of what Jim Cornette does whether he believes it himself or not I think a lot of the character that he still portrays even though he is Jim Cornette on his own podcast he's he's still trying to keep that uh strict face and heel thing alive he will he's he's being heel he's he's making all of these comments just to try and keep you know kayfabe alive which in this day and age is amazing because you know everyone knows absolutely everything that happens in wrestling almost to the second um and you know something uh, you know number one it gets people listening to what he's got to say as bericles has just said in the chat room he's a shock jock these yeah. days he does know how to throw out those one-liners to sort of piss off your AEW fanboys but yeah, again, he's he's that sort of guy who will, you know, he's he's very much for the old school wrestling was formed on good guys, bad guys, and that's how it works. And um, you know, you've got to respect him for that. I think. 
Yeah, like when he's reviewing things, he's like, who's the face and who's the heel? And he does feel like the last soldier of kayfabe. He's the last person trying to keep it alive. I think the internet has very much broken kayfabe for a lot of us. Mm. We all kind of, we see more what's happening backstage now than we've ever seen. That curtain's kind of been ripped open to us all. Well, there isn't the curtain anymore, is there? I think the curtain, like you said, the curtain's gone. I mean, you know, Lee and I, you you and I have done some work backstage for what used to be RQW back, back in the day. Mm. And that really was an exposure of being backstage and and seeing how it was put together and you know and seeing the the faces and the heels in the same locker room and 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 all that type of thing you know yeah yeah and I, I don't think you know these uh, these guys you know you can get every almost every character in wrestling even the Undertaker now uh, he's Mark Calloway he was playing a character called the Undertaker yeah. we've recently discovered um, but I think Jim Cornette <laughs> is one of those few people out there who you could sit down and I don't think you'd ever get the real Jim Cornette. He is playing the Jim Cornette character and he's always going to be, uh, you know, making sure you've got faces, heels. He is playing that character. I don't ever think we'll get the the real Jim Cornette. And again, fair play to him for for sticking to that. Uh, the only person that's going to be similar to that, I guess, is is Vince. You know, he's, he's all about the entertainment business, but I think he's got a lot of that ingrained in him. Okay, but is that a good thing or a bad thing? Because we, we've often heard within professional wrestling when we've been covering it, either for, for Real Wrestling or for Ministry of Slam or for Retro Chat, that you can lose your own self in your character, and that can be to your own detriment. So one of the things that you could say is a criticism for Jim Cornette is the fact that he doesn't know who Jim Cornette is anymore. He believes he's Jim Cornette, the, the character. What about Bobby Heenan? Did Bobby Heenan believe he was Bobby Heenan, the brain or the weasel? Or did it come across that Bobby Heenan was was Bobby Heenan? So you know two I mean? instances. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two instances. I mean, Bobby the Brain Heenan was one of the most believable uh, characters and, and sort of managers back in the day. Everyone, despite the fact, and I'll move on to it, you know, he was a really, really nice guy. Everyone backstage absolutely loved him. He had death threats. Um, when he was uh, when he was managing people, there was you know the, at one show there was a, there was a gun fired at him that you know fortunately missed him but injured some other people in the crowd. He could raise that ire, but backstage he could switch it off. And you saw things like that at the WWE Hall of Fame uh, when Heenan was inducted and, and he sort of broke down. And you finally you know you saw Heenan and Monsoon uh, work so well uh, as a as a commentary team uh, back in the day but it was always off of the fuel of they didn't like each other and they were bitching back and forth but you saw when he was kicked off of Monday Night Raw and, and, and all that relationship and he was talking about that at the Hall of Fame and he broke down because Gorilla wasn't there for him because uh, Gorilla had passed away some years before and uh, you know that that sort of you had an insight into the true Bobby Heenan and again one of my, I think it was maybe the third wrestling interview I ever did was with Bobby the Brain Heenan. And again, such a nice, genuine guy, happy to talk about anything, really re- respectful for all of the fans and anyone who appreciated the work that he did. Uh, I think he kind of moved with the times and understood, you know, he went through that WCW, there is no kayfabe anymore. And, uh, you know, he he kind of uh, understood the way the business was going, was happy to talk about the fact that he was a bad guy and, you know, the stuff that really happened behind the scenes and, and things like that. So, yeah, I, I think um, Heenan knew his place, definitely. And if he was around today, I still think he'd have a really key role in in pro wrestling one way or the other. Interesting comment that's come in the chat. Peanut, I'd love to get your, your take on this one now. Um, it's on Bericles. In shoots, Bobby would talk about being the brain character, but Corny is always Corny. What's your take on on that from defending the Jim Cornette perspective? I mean, 
for a man who's trying to keep kayfabe alive, there's a certain element of, I think Rocky, uh, the character playing Rocky Johnson, The Rock said it well, living the gimmick. Yeah. Like, he's kind of like living the gimmick. That's who he is. That's who he portrays himself as. Does he turn all his cameras off after his podcasts and still be like that with his partner and stuff? I'm not so sure. I think he's just keeping the public frontage that he's always kept. I think mm. when the cameras go down, he goes back to being Jim Cornette, the person rather than the character. Um, but Bobby the Brain Heenan, he did say in interviews and talk about the Brain character, which was a great character, a very well-respected character. And don't get me wrong, I'm never going to take anyone anything away from Bobby the Brain Heenan's uh, accomplishments throughout any of this. Like Bobby the Brain Heenan is definitely one of the greatest managers of all time. I just think Jim Cornette's that little bit better. Well, what does it take to be the greatest wrestling manager of all time? You guys have done the opening gambit. You've talked and we've heard about their times in the in the different companies and what they would have done and the fact they live kayfabe. But what is it? What does it take? What's the character? What do they need to bring? I think if, if you're talking about, I mean, you could take this in multiple different ways, but purely as a manager, which is, you know, what this what this podcast says on, on the tin, who's the greatest manager? I think you, you need to uh, you need to enhance the talent that you've got that have come into the ring. And I can think of, uh, you know, one of the main sort of people that I can think of that, that Bobby Heenan really helped were the brain busters, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. If they'd have come to the ring, um, especially in sort of late eighties, WWF, you had ultimate warrior, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, these giant guys with the tan. And let's, let's just say the roids, let's just get it out there for, for starters. Um, you know, there are these giant superheroes and then these two, and we know how good Arn and Tully are, but against the WWF cartoon character roster at the time, these two very bland uh, air marks there for people just listening on the podcast, wrestlers come to the ring. They wouldn't have lasted five minutes in the eyes of the fans, I, I don't think, unless they had Bobby Heenan there. Bobby Heenan would immediately, that the fans will think, Bobby Heenan, imagine these guys, we hate them. So that's why you want to see the Rockers against them, the Heart Foundation against them, Demolition against them. You want to see these guys get their asses kicked. Bobby Heenan's out there, you know, doing his heel work outside and, and trying to distract the good guys and, uh, you know, help with the cheap finishes and and things like that. And it wasn't too long after the Brain Busters came in that they were tag team champions and Bobby Heenan always holding one of the belts and, uh, you know, really just being part of the whole package. So I think that that's what it is. It's enhancing the talent that you've you've already got in front of you and, and you know, being a good mouthpiece and making uh, the whole are greater than the sum of its parts. Peanut, what do you think? Uh, what makes a great manager? Uh, I definitely agree that you've got to enhance the talent. Um, that's a total, yeah, like what he was doing for like the Midnight Express and Yokozuna and trying to be a bit of a mouthpiece for them where otherwise they wouldn't be. I mean, Owen Hart as well. He even helped Owen. Um, I kind of like, if you're a heel manager, you've kind of got to get away with a cheap win every now and then. And like using a tennis racket to cheat in a match. I mean, you could use any weapon, but a tennis racket, it really is a unique way of doing it. You throw in the tennis racket and they hit them with it and the racket kind of bends and breaks. And like, there's a lot you can do with that. And I think that you've got to bring something to the table, like the promo stuff, the tennis racket, the examples I'm giving. But as you said, so rightly so, and enhance enhance the talent and showcase them where they might not have that charisma to be as good on the mic as, as say, I don't know, an MJF or a Miz. Mm. 
Yeah, I think you're right with um, like Jim Cornette. Certainly when he was in, in WWF with Yokozuna, uh, all you had was Yokozuna, who didn't speak English, as we know, um, and uh, <laughs> was there with Mr. Fuji, who could do your occasional one-liners, but he was you know very limited in, in sort of getting heat and his, his promos. Put Jim Cornette there, and, and you've got the big WWF champion with the Japanese manager, Mr. Fuji, the evil guy with the salt. And then you've got Jim Cornette, who is, um, you know, again, one of the greatest talkers in the history of wrestling there to, to put the guy over. If, if, if he needed any more getting over than he already was, you've got Cornette there to talk down people like Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, and, you know, the guys that Yokozuna went against. So yeah, uh, absolutely. He was, uh, again, did a similar sort of thing that, that Heenan did, you know, really just put the talent on the next level. Let's talk about the comment that's on screen at the moment. So Bericles is, is said, Bobby was so hated, he got the people he was with heat, no matter who it was. I think genuinely think he did more for the Red Rooster than, say, Cornette did for Manta, which, of course, we all are desperately trying to forget the 1995 <laughs> combination called Manta. But what does that say about the two characters? Do you agree with that? Do you, again, think it was because Bobby was a WWF original if you will that he got the better stable cornet come in and vince has got this mentality of you're not in my company so i'm going to make you pay i.e dusty Rhodes with the with the yellow polka dots <laughs> uh it's an it's an interesting one again i think yeah i mean mantor mantor was never going to get over anyway the red rooster was in a uh, a federation at the time where it was it was characters it was pure characters and again i think to be fair to both cornet and heenan you put if you could have had the red rooster walk to the ring you didn't know if he was a good guy or a bad guy uh, mm. same with mantor you know i, I suppose he, he looked a bit more evil and demonic because of the dark colors and the horns and well whatever you remember that um but again you knew if you had either of those guys with you uh, and you're a wrestler we've got to boo that guy because he's being managed by heenan or cornet you know they were stick uh, any of those either of those guys with a wrestler you know they're a bad guy and they've instantly got heat whoever they are peanut yeah he's absolutely right both bobby and jim Cornette bring that to the table you could stick anyone with those two and they're going to get booed i mean even even andre the giant would be a great example of someone who might not have got booed but going up against hulk hogan with bobby the brain heenan as manager it you know it and he gets him over hmm. Uh, Jim Connett has done that for a few wrestlers as well, like Yokozuna and Vader. You, you know, it's, it's easy to boo Vader, I suppose, but what, even <laughs> Owen Hart, you know. So, Is yeah, there, I, I completely agree with you. Was there power on the stick? I mean, we, we, we've kind of mentioned it previously, but cunning promos, was there power on the stick? Is that where you know them for more than what they do at ringside? Because you, you, you've mentioned it there, Peanut, about... You take Andre the Giant, who at the time we get to 1987, by the time we get to WrestleMania 3, was, you know, not moving the best he ever was. Uh, obviously, he began to go down, was not good with promos, was really kind of at the end of his of his run, but got revitalized by having Bobby Heenan and being part of the Heenan family right the way through until WrestleMania 6. And, of course, that whole alliance with Stevie Assey and at WrestleMania 4 and, and the Twin Towers and the Mega Powers, et cetera, et cetera right the way through to, to WrestleMania 6. On the equivalent side of that, you've got Jim Cornette, who had some great runs with the Midnight Express in the NWA against the Rock and Roll Express. But that's kind of where it finishes, isn't it? Because can you think of any other major feuds where you can remember it straight away? 
or he he emphasised it via the mic? It's a good question. I mean, I think uh, again, it is is part of the exposure period. Again, as British wrestling fans. Um, what we've got to remember, <laughs> Berkeley's just said the new Midnight Express. Yeah, let's not talk about that. the new Midnight Express. <laughs> I've had enough bombastic Bart and bodacious, whatever it was. Anyway. Um, bombastic Bob and bodacious Bert. That was it, yeah. <laughs> wow. Cool, I, tried to, I tried to get it out of my head, but you know, it's, it's back in there now. Um, yeah, so I think the... What are we talking about? Oh, the mic stuff, yeah. Again, the, the exposure level of it, you know, the, the Andre situation um, w- was huge. You know, WWF was rock and roll at the time. One of the things Jim Cornette did so, so well, and you see this with every Midnight Express um, match, that he would always walk them to the ring. Cornette would grab them, the microphone from the ring announcer and he would introduce his tag team. And it wasn't just, oh, is Bobby and then Stan Lane. But, you know, it'd be... Uh, he'd, he'd come up with a whole little spiel about what they were doing the night before and whose favorite wrestler they were and, and all that kind of stuff. I know I'm like selling for Jim Cornette here, but I to say, you're on the wrong person, Lee. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can't diss the guy. You know, I, I, I do think at the end of the day, it's, we're never going to know because uh, Jim Cornette didn't quite have that same platform that Bobby the Brain Heenan had. There's a lot of what ifs we're talking about here, but mm. he was very, very good on the mic at selling his own talent. And again, if you had an, if you had just uh, you know Stan Lane was okay on the mic, Bobby Eaton not so much. But you know, as soon as you get Jim Cornette in there, marches in front, grabs the mic, and starts shouting at whatever tag team, Rock and Roll Express, or or whoever is the uh, the babyface team of the day, and uh, you know the other team is is gonna like leave red faced Midnight Express, end up looking amazing. I mean, yeah. I do. So I do feel like Cornette had another period in time where he had his own little group and it was Yokozuna and I think Owen Hart and Vader and a few others sort of in the mid-90s. Mm. And at that point, I'm pretty sure Yokozuna was, in fact, the WWF champion. Yeah. So there were times when he did have this exposure, um, other than just the, the Midnight Express. There are other times where he's managed mm. to have a little group or just be mm. a one-man band with somebody. Yeah. But what do you what do you remember most when you hear the name Jim Cornette? I mean, that's I suppose that's what I'm trying to get at. When you when you think of feuds and you think of stables, what do you think of? I instantly go back to the to the Midnight Express. I can't yeah. really think of anybody else bar the Midnight Express. You know, I can think of the match between them and, and the Rock and Roll Express in the scaffold match at NWA. Of course. Yeah. I can remember that. Everybody's seen that fall. Yeah, exactly. You compare yeah. it to The Undertaker and Mankind at Hell in the Cell at King of the Ring. So it, it's one of those moments that kind of goes to the test of time. If they were both active, and if, say, Bobby was still alive, bless him, um, in their prime, current product, where would they be? I'd love to see Bobby still managing. Um, I mean, again, the, one of the reasons he moved to to commentary was because of his injuries that he'd sustained in the ring. He had a, a very bad neck um, and, uh, you know, occasionally be, would be used as a, as a sort of a mouthpiece, but wasn't, you know, technically at the side of the ring. That's why he never ended up actually managing Ric Flair. He didn't want to be ringside in case he got any more injuries. Uh, but, you know, with that aside, I think uh, Bobby Heenan in the WWF, because of the nature of the product today, I think Bobby Heenan would almost have like a Ric Flair aura around him where even if he was playing the role of heel, I think you'd still have people almost cheering or supporting whatever Bobby Heenan did because he'd almost got that legendary status. Um, And I think he'd, 
you know, it, he he'd want people he'd uh, or people would want him to call them humanoids, and they they think it would be amazing. Every sort of promo he did, he'd get applauded or cheered for it, rather than uh, back in the eighties and nineties where he'd be a stereotypical bad guy. I, I think you know the wrestling uh, crowd has changed so much, and everyone would know about. Uh, you know, the story of Bobby the Brain Heen and where he came from and how hard he works, how everyone could appreciate his work rate, which, again, wasn't discussed in the uh, in the 80s and 90s. And I think uh, people will respect that. And it would be very diff- uh, difficult for him to be a proper heel manager, uh, as it were, in this day and age. I mean, it's kind of, kind of like Heyman. Sorry, just to finish off, kind of like Heyman. He's a bad guy manager. But everyone loves Paul Heyman in the big scheme of things. You know, he's a very, very popular guy, even though he is the ultimate bad guy, uh, chicken shit heel manager, as we're seeing at the moment. Mm. Everyone still likes Paul Heyman and thinks he's the best. Unless you're an ECW original, of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> and you're still waiting for your paycheck. Um, <laughs> Peanut, what about you? What do you think? So, Jim Cornette, where do I see him? I'll tell you where I don't see him. I don't see him in AEW. We can rule that out pretty quickly. <laughs> um... I kind of see him like the Paul Heyman thing is a really good thing because I can see Jim Cornette you being a, a sort of Paul Heyman for a, a big enhancement, a big talent that they wanted to get over and give a big push to. But I think if they were going to do it, it probably have to be somewhere like NWA or New Japan Pro Wrestling, where kayfabe is a bit more protected and it's a bit more old school. It feels like that would be far more up Jim Cornette's alleyway than say an AEW or WWE in its current mm. format because nobody likes WWE in its current format. <laughs> ministry, correct. Dude, you love it. Hate it every week. They really about it on Ministry every single week. The Royal Rumble review. You should listen to it. It was fantastic. Uh, Five star event. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I liked it when it caught fire. I'm going to go on record as saying that that was the worst men's rumble I've ever seen that didn't end in a draw. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Just worst men's rumble, period, I think. Um, comment from Bericles in the chat. Uh, Cornette could make his stuff work anywhere because he knows what he's doing. Mm. I think Bericles is very much on the side of Camp Cornette tonight, yeah. more than Bobby Heenan. I mean, I think it it almost falls into the into the argument of uh, you know back in the in the eighties and nineties you had who's the best wrestler, Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan? Like, okay, so it kind of depends if you're an NWA fan or a WCW fan or a WWF fan, what side you fall and what you consider good wrestling. You know, Hogan was never the best technical wrestler, but argue you know, arguably he sold the most tickets he made the most money so from the business side does that make him the most successful wrestler whereas flair a lot more technically sound he is your your traditional wrestler could technically wrestle rings around hogan but again because he didn't have that exposure until the early 90s in the wwf where hogan was already then dominant um you know he, he didn't quite get that same uh kind of applause in that time so it's whatever you consider wrestling is i guess as to what you prefer you know it's horses mm. for courses really isn't it and i think kind of heenan and and cornet fall in, in those same two sides you know heenan was a bit more showbiz and uh uh cornet being a little bit more old school i think so heenan family camp cornet who would be in either of the two if they were managing today <laughs> that's Ooh. a good one it's a what if scenario i know it's a what if scenario but Let's yeah, let's say there's no promotions. You've got the raft of doing whatever you want. Who would you put in the Heenan family? And who would you put in Camp Cornet? And why would you put them in there? I think that's an Jesus. interesting concept. You don't want to take Heenan family and I'll take Col- Col- Cornet? Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Um, 
one of the first people I would stick in there is Wardlow um, from AEW. Massive guy, a lot of potential. They're going to pull the trigger on him very soon, but he definitely, definitely, definitely needs a mouthpiece. He would, uh, you know, someone like Bobby Heenan there to uh, shout at the bag, uh, to sorry, shout at the good guys would be amazing. And then you've got the, yeah, got Wardlow in the background. That's my first pick for, for Heenan family, I think. Okay, Camp Cornet. Uh, can I pick a tag team first? You can pick a tag team. Yeah. Okay. I'm. I'm gonna. I'm gonna start with FTR. <laughs> we all know that Cornet is a fan of FTR. We all know that Cornet loves FTR. In the ring, they're good, but I don't. I feel like they need that extra charismatic boost, and I know that Cornet's the guy that could do that for them. Okay, Lee. Sounds good. Um. God, it's, it's really difficult to think because you, again, in the 80s and 90s, you, people weren't trained the same way. You know, uh, there's very few people who aren't at least can at least hold their own on the mic uh, in this day and age because of the way they're trained. They're, they're trained to be performers uh, as well as wrestlers. So it's difficult to see where a manager would uh, would fit in. But I would think uh, let's go on to a WWE side. I would think someone along the lines of. Um, mm. Maybe I could see him managing someone like uh, someone like Omos. Again, I, I always think of these sort of big guys who haven't got much of a, uh, a sort of a, a spoken um, a persona around them. Yeah, Bericles has just said Omos as well mm. in in the chat. Uh, I think that would be great. Again, sort of a, almost a silent killer that you've then got um, you know a mouthpiece for. I think that would be great. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose a tag team next, but let me think about who it could be. <laughs> okay, Pina. Um. Weird as it sounds, because obviously Cornet's managed Vader and Yokozuna. I know, I think he's called Titan now, but Braun Strowman. Oh, okay. He's a really big, powerful guy that draws off the experience that he used with Yokozuna and Vader. And I just think that he lacks charisma sometimes. And that's the point of a manager. You know, you, you can get someone over when they might not be as good on the mic. And again, Cornet, no one better. Perfect. Thank you. Lee, your tag uh, team. I said I was going to go for a tag team. I'm not going to. I'm going to go with, uh, and I'm thinking back, I was looking back at sort of who he's managed in the past, and, and it hasn't always been people who needed a mouthpiece. So people like Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect that he's managed, people who could quite comfortably hold a promo on their own. I'm going to go with someone like AJ Styles. Again, <laughs> Sorry to use the term, but phenomenal in-ring talent has you know he's got better since he's been with WWE on the on the mic. But again, someone that could potentially push him to the next level. He could almost be uh I don't want to say a ravishing Rick Rude type performer, because not with the persona, but uh someone who uh you know has got it all but just needed something to tip him over the edge, um, like like uh, Heenan did with Rude and and maybe use some of his shenanigans to uh win a belt, something along those lines. I think AJ would be great with him. Okay, perfect. Peter? Um, I'm going to draft one of my favourite wrestlers now. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to draft MJF over. Oh, I was wondering if anyone was going to pick MJF. And I know I know that he's a bit more like the Rick Rude Mr. Perfect example you gave. Mm. Which he doesn't really need the mouthpiece, but he's a really good heel. And I know that Cornette thinks highly of him. And whenever I'm picking these wrestlers, I have to bear in mind that Cornette doesn't like like 90% of the wrestlers that are wrestling today. So I have to try and keep it to wrestlers I know he likes. <laughs> Good logic. All right, last pick for everyone now. So Lee, your last pick. Okay, I'm, I am going to do my tag team now and run with me on this. Bobby Heenan in the Heenan family managing Chad Gable 
and uh oh god what's his name otis otis sorry yeah i was gonna say omos again otis yeah I, again i think that would be good Fucking flip them flip them uh flip them heel that would be great you know all of a sudden they just walk out they've you know they, they're trying to uh do a bit of an angle with those guys as the alpha academy now and not really getting over very well but as soon as they walk out that curtain with bobby the brain heenan fans have a reason to boo them uh and again it, it's a tag team uh they could gel together sort of as a threesome there and got a great uh voice for uh for the tag team to get them over awesome peanut your last pick uh very quickly, just to answer one of the comments. Um, ever since MJF lost his diamond ring, he hasn't had a way to cheat like that, so the tennis racket would do it. Um, that's why you would do that, uh, in my opinion. And my last pick, I'm going to go with Tommaso Ciampa. Again, mm. playing into the idea of a nice big guy like Cornette's managed before. I don't really, I've never really heard Cornette like, say anything terrible about Tommaso Ciampa, so it's probably going to be a good, solid pick. And that's another big guy um again for his repertoire of big guys he's managed in the past and do you know what there's a couple of really interesting tidbits that you can take out of this no one has picked anyone from impact <laughs> and no women hmm i think it's because you you don't think of and again it is purely because of the era that they they were at their prime mm -hmm. in there weren't any you never pictured bobby heenan or jim Cornette managing a, a woman uh, or a female wrestler um, I, I think it's it's just difficult to to picture that. Not yeah. saying they wouldn't, you know, a Thunder Rosa or something with either of them would would I imagine work quite well. But it's it's difficult to picture. It gets some uh, something to get used to. I think. What's the name of that woman from AEW? The one that genuinely scares the living crap out of everybody. Abaddon. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> no. no. Even if they said, "Here's half a million, can you manage?" I no, absolutely not. I'm not standing yeah. anywhere near that. Okay. <laughs> You hear the name. Let's go back to you individually. Let's go back to your two candidates that you're, that you're you're pushing. What do you think when you hear the name Jim Cornette, Pina? I think from great on the mic, the tennis racket of uniqueness and a very diverse portfolio of talent across a wide range of wrestling companies spanning around 20 to 30 years. Lee, what do you think when you hear Bobby Heenan? Uh, manager of every dominant heel in the sort of mid to late 80s and early 90s in the WWF. Great commentator, great at putting people over. And uh, a man that can do it all, not just manage, but he can he can commentate, he can wrestle, he can uh, do a little bit of everything, jack of all trades. So we're going to put a poll up across social media. It's going to be revealed the winner on Ministry of Slam this Sunday. For anyone watching this and listening to this now on the audio feed, if you had to recommend that they went to watch a Cornet match or a Cornet event that he was a part of, or a Bobby Heenan match or a Bobby Heenan event that he was a part of, to solidify your argument and prove why they are the greatest wrestling manager or personality of all time, what would you go for and why, Lee? I'm going to choose, uh, you probably know what match I'm going to choose for Bobby Heenan already. And it's it's yeah. a match he didn't even manage in, but it's the 92 Royal Rumble. Uh, feel, like seeing, uh, hearing, sorry, Heenan being so nervous about what number Ric Flair was going to pull. And then uh, seeing him walk out as number three and him having a nervous breakdown at ringside. Uh, how he would flip-flop uh, with different people in the ring, depending on whether or not they were helping Flair or or, or beating him up. And uh, you know, regardless whether or not he was a... 
uh, they were a heel or a face. And then the relief at the end with him shouting yes and then going backstage and they had the interview together, uh, Gene Oakland with Flair, Heenan and, uh, and Mr. Perfect and celebrating. It shows everything that Heenan is capable of, the personality, the promos, the emotional range that he has. Uh, yeah, for, for me, it's got to be that. Heenan? I mean, it's really easy to recommend any Midnight Express versus Rock and Roll Express match since the dawn of time. <laughs> um, but I would actually make the argument of the scaffold match just to show how far Jim Cornette would actually go to help his talent get over. He's terrified up there. You can see it in his face and you can hear it when he talks about it in his podcast. He's terrified. But that's what that's the length he was willing to go to to, to work with his talent and put them over. And I think it stands alone. Perfect. Now, closing arguments. This is it. This is your chance to put your final case forward as to why Bobby Heenan or Jim Cornette should win the poll. So, who's going to go first? You can go first, mate. Yeah, oh, thanks very much. <laughs> democratic of you. Uh, what else can I say that hasn't already been said over the last 45 minutes? Uh, Bobby Heenan, manager to the stars. If you wanted someone to have nuclear heat to go against Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, any of the main, yeah, whoever was WWE champion on the face side of things or Intercontinental champion or tag team champions, any of the big faces uh, back in the late 80s and early 90s, you had a Bobby Heenan-led wrestler if you wanted to give someone the rub to, to, to make them sort of super nuclear in the run up to those guys. It was Bobby, the brain Heenan again, as I said, at the start, pushing uh, his own talent when he was in uh, commentary, even pushing other, uh, other performers who were heels, uh, who weren't necessarily managed by him. When his, his managing career ended, he was always an advocate for the bad guys. Uh, again, such a diverse talent, uh, amazing manager, amazing commentator. Uh, that's it. Dina. If your wrestling company's struggling or you need to get a talent over, there's not really any better than Jim Cornette. He's turned around the futures of loads of wrestling companies in the past and he's managed some of the greatest talent there's ever been in Owen Hart, Yokozuna, Vader, top champs, and you know, you've got the Midnight Express, a whole array of talent. He can he's great on the mic, he can get you over. If you've got a wrestler that might not have the mic skills, he's the guy you can call. He can even put matches together. I mean, he's just done everything, and he's done it everywhere. So now is your turn to, to vote for who is the greatest wrestling manager, Jim Cornette or Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bericles is saying we should have done Jim Cornette versus Paulie. Who knows? Maybe we will. That's down the line. We have had a request, though, and I want to put this out to you guys. I want to invite you back on to do this one. It's come from Head of Steel on Twitter, and it, uh, Twitter, sorry, and it's showman versus technical wrestler mm. would be a good topic. So the uh, the invite is out there for you both to come back and do that topic as well. Um, right, just before we begin to wrap up this week's show, I want to touch on a couple of things about current wrestling product to get your uh take on because it is breaking as of today uh the first one shane mcmahon gone from wwe following the royal rumble well i mean clearly they're worried about riddle because he is clearly a much better striker and mma star than matt riddle is they're, they're clearly worried about riddle's safety get shane out of there before he does some serious damage <laughs> are you surprised about it though because you know obviously he's got real uh backstage morale down following the royal rumble and now very quietly vince has gone <laughs> your own mm. son it's interesting i think 
it's not going to be like yeah, uh, you know the, the the spate of releases we've seen with WWE. I think what's happened is the backstage are a little bit pissed off. There's probably, I mean, they're already on the verge of a revolution happening uh, in the locker room, and I think this could potentially tip the locker room uh, over the edge. So I think, okay, Shane, we'll, we'll say you're fired. Just disappear for six months with mm. you, and we won't have you on TV uh, just to try and keep the peace a little bit. I think that's all it is. Peanut, what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, it comes. I agree. It comes across as a bit of a knee-jerk reaction because he seems to have got a bit of a heat about a bit of heat about the men's rumble and how it was put together. And I think this is just a knee-jerk way to appease the fans and get a bit of heat off them for a temporary measure, like you're saying. I completely agree with you. Mm. Okay, and the last one, just to touch on before we finish, preview for tonight: Who is going to win, CM Punk MGF, and what are we expecting from the match on Dynamite? <laughs> you know, you can kick this one off. It's kind of my dream match. I mean, MGF is one of my favorite heels, and I'm sat here in a CM Punk hat. Like, <laughs> it's a dream match for me. Their mic work's been amazing. What am I expecting? Honestly, MJF cheap win. He'll either cheat somehow or something. He's got to because I don't. I don't really know. Like, this could really go either way. But if MJF edges it by cheating, it's got to go his way. Lee. I'm going slightly different. I do think we're going to see a CM Punk victory. Uh, I think it's going to be, uh, it'll be a yeah, very back and forth match between the two of them. And I think MJF will be starting to go on the losing end and he'll order Wardlow to beat up uh, CM Punk uh, or get involved or something. And this is where we're going to see Wardlow finally snap. Uh, he will uh, turn on MJF give him whatever move, roll him into the ring, go to sleep from CM Punk, MJF loses, but that immediately kickstart the Wardlow mm -hmm. and MJF feud. I think that's what's going to happen tonight. And of course, the other thing tonight as well is John Moxley facing off against Brian Kendrick. Wow. The recently released, got his release. Ali, uh, Mustafa Ali doesn't get it, but, you know, Brian Kendrick gets it. And now this Wednesday is facing off against Mox. Amazing, isn't it? Like Brian Kendrick has, has been around for for what seems like well, it has been decades now. You know, he's uh, uh, he's he's a guy that always seems like a young guy, a young cruiserweight guy. No, no matter how old he gets, he always seems like the same character. Um, but yeah, it should be it should be interesting to see what version of Brian Kendrick we get here. Um, again, it is just another ex WWE name coming into AEW. We've said over the past few weeks, stop bringing in people. You've mm. got enough people there to do stuff with, but. For some reason, Kendrick is in AEW and, uh, yeah, going against Moxley. Just good to see Moxley in the ring again, in my opinion. Is, is Kendrick the only performer in recent memory to be in every major promotion? So WWE, he started off in Ring of Honor. The WWE went to WCW for a cup of coffee. Um, Impact. And now in AEW. That's a good one. Chat room can help us out here. Sounds like he's still got New Japan to do. Oh, I think he's been in New Japan. I, I think he has, yeah. I think he has done um, done New Japan. He might not have done WCW, because that might have shut down by then. But he, And then, obviously, he, he had a spell in WECW. Yeah, yeah, done TNA. Wow, that is interesting. We're going to have to do some research on that. But, yeah, you, you could be right. It's, it's either just him or he's one of the, the, the very few. Yeah, that have done just wonder. It's just mm. one thing that kind of came to head. Gentlemen, thank you so much for tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on talking about uh, the two legendary managers in professional wrestling. Hope to bring you back on again soon. Next week, though, um, we're going to be live talking a completely different subject. I am going to have a guest. That's going to be a member of the former Northern Ireland Connection, 
Chris Vince from Vintos Vault will be joining me, and we're going to be talking all things only fools and <laughs> horses. So good old Del Boy and that plonker Rodney. Uh, we're going to be touching on all of that uh, next week live right here on Retro Chat. Now, if you want to keep in contact with the MOS network, Lee, how do you do that? Uh, you can do that by literally typing the MOS network into everything. If you go to uh, our website over at uh, ministryofslam.co.uk, uh, you've got all of the links there. Head on over to the ministry or the MOS network, I should say, page on there, and you've got links to all of our shows. Uh, it's uh, twitch.tv forward slash the MOS network, youtube.com forward slash the MOS network, uh, facebook.com forward slash MOS network. It's not the MOS network. Uh, we've got two Twitters. We've got Ministry of Slam and we've got the MOS network. We've got shop. Uh, no, what is it? Shop.ministryofslam.co.uk. Too many links here for merch. Uh, Discord.ministryofslam.co.uk. If you want to talk random wrestling shit 24 hours a day, gaming, all that kind of stuff, head on over there. I think that's pretty much it. Exactly. And if you want to listen to the Ministry of Slam live, you can do it every Sunday at 7 p.m. GMT or catch the podcast on a Monday both on the ministry feed and right here on the retro chat feed and MOS classics comes out on a Friday where you can listen to me, Lawrence, Lee, Martin, and Miller talk wrestling from 13 years ago. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. Makes us feel old. Um, now you want to keep up with the latest wrestling news, peanut, where do they need to go? Uh, get yourself over to realwrestling.net. Um, also we are, on YouTube, Twitter, pretty much anywhere, Facebook, uh, Real Wrestling, look us up. Just look for the two R's on the side. Yeah, two wrestling, two two R's on there. You've also got a Discord as well. Um, and if you want to check out one of the toughest or 60 of the toughest wrestling quizzes <laughs> you will ever take part in, check out Peanut on the realwrestling.net website because uh, he completely stumped me. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to, to do the quiz earlier on. So, uh, yes, there we go. Thank you very much. Gentlemen, stay with me for just a second. That's it for this week here on the Retro Chat Podcast. Thank you um, for joining us. Thank you for being with us. We will see you all next week. Until then, take care. excited by the new countdown <laughs> they kind of kick the show off in the new music just completely yeah. forgot it at least you haven't got any cgi giant wrestlers uh in front of anything because that would ruin it wow i wouldn't mind having a cgi becky lynch but you know okay i mean that's your bag that's fine yeah, well at least it's not charlotte flair and uh, hey how you doing my old buddy I am doing well. It's been a busy, busy uh, week or so, but no, excited about about tonight. Looking forward to it, and uh, yeah, it's going to be a good, uh, a good show. Now we can't do it with just us two. We need somebody else to compete in the great debate. So, about to make his debut from RealWrestling.net. Welcome, Peanut. 
Real Wrestling Quizmaster, and it's great to be here on Retro Chat. Bang, bang. <laughs> I like it. Going old school. I do. I love the Mick Foley. I love the Mick Foley. <laughs> Peanut, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing very well, thanks. How is everyone else? Good. Hey, We're amazing. Good. We are very good indeed. Now, we have the live chat room running at the moment. We've already got some people in there. Princess McCat, hey, how you doing? Uh, Bericles is saying greetings. If you want to come and join us, you can do. All you need to do is head over to YouTube, to Facebook, to Twitch, to Twitter, to Instagram, to Trodal, to uh, any other place you can watch video. Really? everywhere literally the entire internet we're on right now if you have a if you have any kind of phone laptop anything if you turn it on we're going to be on it right now the three of us that's what you're going to see exactly and that's a, that's a good thing to watch oh yeah definitely yeah it really is you know absolutely good thing to watch uh howdy head of steel four is in there as well now before we get started on the debate let's give you some contact details if you would like to get in contact with us on the show then you can do all you need to do is head into one of those platforms that we've talked on earlier and search for the Retro Chat podcast. Uh, or you can go on the Information Superhighway and you can go to the Ministry of Slam or the MOS Network and you do that by going to these places, Facebook, Twitch, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Or head over to realwrestling.net if you want the latest in pro wrestling news, views, podcasts, and Peanuts, very difficult 60 quizzes. <laughs> Hardest quizzes on the internet. Yeah, and um, trust me, they really are. We've already talked about making some of these uh, public and doing some real uh, challenges. I think we've got to make that happen pretty soon. I think we need to, don't we? <laughs> I'm intrigued about the new one that you're working on that you told uh, that you told Lee and I off air. Uh, do you want to break that one and tell us what it is? Yeah, so the next one that's coming out is How Well Housing Do You Know Dan Housing? <laughs> Brilliant. Love the name. Love the name. Right, let's do it. Let's get on with the great debate. So this is how it's going to work tonight. Lee is going to be representing the legendary Bobby the Brain Heenan, one of the all-time great managers from the World Wrestling Federation and the Independency and the AWA. Peanut is going to be representing Jim Cornette, another legendary manager from Smoky Mountain, from the NWA, from WCW, from Mid-Atlantic, and from the WWF. We're going to kick it off, giving them one minute to put their case forward as to why they should have the world's greatest manager. And then we're going to debate it in full. And we want you guys to get involved in the chat room, you can leave your comments. Bericles is already saying, so Lee is going to win the debate. <laughs> well, I don't think that's given yet. You know, we'll, we'll have to see. Let, let's see what happens. <laughs> so let's kick this off right now. So going first, putting his case forward as to why the brain should be the world's greatest wrestling manager, Lee, shoot. Do I get timed one minute exactly on this? Yeah, I'm setting the timer right now. <laughs> Here we go. Your time starts now. Bobby the Brain Heenan, where do you start? I think one of the, the key things about the brain, um, just as his major selling point, is his diversity. One minute he could be managing Andre the Giant, and uh, he's one of the most menacing wrestling managers, one of the biggest arsenals of weapons in wrestling history. The next minute he can flip it on its head and he's in a weasel suit making everyone laugh, getting beaten up. Um, another great selling point of Bobby the Brain Heenan, he's one of the greatest commentators, color commentators in the history of wrestling, and he used that 
to get his talent over. More often than not, we'd hear him next to uh, Gorilla Monsoon or, or, or someone else uh, in the commentary booth, Vince McMahon, uh, talking about his protégés, his stable and, and uh, how well they're going to do. And it just really raised that ire. And uh, yeah, just a star-studded um amazing array of talent people like andre the giant king kong bundy the brain busters the barbarian mr perfect ravishing rick rude doesn't get any better than that bobby the brain heenan what more can you say time well done almost wrapped it (laughs) in the middle close close (laughs) your 60 seconds as to why jim Cornette should be the world's greatest wrestling manager starts now so Jim Cornette is another one that's got quite a diverse portfolio, but he's not just been a manager and a color commentator. He's been a booker, an agent. He runs Smoky Mountain Wrestling. He's been a fa- he's, he's done so many different things across so many different companies, such as NWA, WWE, WCW. He's managed diverse talent in his own right, such as Bobby Eaton, a tag team in Midnight Express. You've also got Yokozuna, Owen Hart, Vader to add to the portfolio. I also feel that one of his major selling points is actually the tennis racket as well. Very often you'll have a manager use a cane and, you know, you've got that classy Freddie Blassie and and Mr. Fuji in that. But using a tennis racket, you don't see that every day. It's unique. It's different. And uh, you can't talk about Jim Cornette as well without talking about his amazing promos. He stands there and he cuts such a great promo and gets his talent over. He can get nuclear heat. He's had death threats. He's had it all. Um, There we go. (laughs) Two really compelling arguments as to why your guy should be the world's greatest wrestling manager. You think about it, the cross-relation in terms of uh, the weasel for Bobby Heenan, the ability to commentate, the stable of portfolio that they had. So let's get into it. Peanut, you've heard Lee's opening gambit. What's your response? It's a pretty good it's a pretty good opening gambit, but it does feel like anything Bobby can do, Cornet's done it better. With the more diverse talent that you talk about, I think he's got you there. With his diversity in two color commentary and everything else, I think he's got you there. Um that's that would be my first two points to what you said. Lee, you're a bow. Uh, I would uh highlight in, in one uh sentence and one appearance if you want Bobby Heenan. In a nutshell, you've got it in one of the biggest wrestling angles in wrestling history. One of the biggest events in wrestling history, managing Andre the Giant to the ring against Hulk Hogan. WrestleMania 3, the Silver Dome, 93,000 fans. uh, One of the biggest angles, as I said, in wrestling history. So confident on the way to the ring with Andre, head in his hands at the end, played it like an absolute pro, didn't think he'd see Andre get defeated. And uh, yeah, just showed uh, his, his worth there, I think. It's interesting when you do that. I mean, you've kind of raised him coming to the ring with Andre in front of 98,000 fans at Pontiac Silverdome. Peanut, you're, you're kind of raising a different angle on that. Where is Jim Cornette really had that level of exposure in, in terms of an angle compared to Bobby Heenan, Hulk, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant? Well, I mean... Sure, it, it might not be as a manager, uh, but I, if you've watched the uh, Montreal Screwjob Dark Side of the Ring, you'll see that Jim Cornette was one of the masterminds behind all of that. And even though it might not be Hogan, Andre the Giant, it's still an amazing and talked about wrestling angle now, even in its own right. Okay, yeah. Lee? Yeah. 
I'm with you. I mean, I'm uh, despite the fact I'm uh, putting forward the argument for Bobby Heenan here, I'm a big Jim Cornette fan. I love FTR so much because of the retro Midnight Express feel. And how weird is that? FTR originally, they're sort of based on the Brain Busters, but now they're coming to the ring to the sort of take on the Midnight Express music, the Jim Cornette protégés. But again, I love the old school feel. Jim Cornette, fantastic manager. And I think, and again, just to give you sort of um, kudos here for Jim Cornette, if Jim Cornette had been in WWF and had that exposure uh, during the, the sort of t- same time in the NWA, I think Jim Cornette would be, you know, right up up there. I think it is just a case of exposure. He didn't have that um, sort of worldwide platform that the WWF gave Heenan. Um, he had that opportunity to get on things like, uh, you know, Jimmy Kimmel show and, uh, you know, places like that where, you know, NWA at that time was more of the Southern Federation, didn't really have those opportunities. So, I mean, maybe that's the key difference. Okay, let's let's touch on that because that's an interesting point. Do you, do, are you thinking that Bobby Heenan could be classed as the world's greatest manager because of the fact he spent time in that one promotion in the WWF? It's difficult. It's difficult without knowing. I mean, again, one of the things that that sort of highlights that is the fact that Bobby Heenan in the AWA, again, we're not talking WWF, WCW, nothing with worldwide exposure, but even in the AWA, he was almost head and shoulders over a lot of the talent there in, in forms of entertainment and you know, giving the rub to some of the to some of the stars there and the people that he managed. People like Nick Bockwinkle, great wrestler, AWA world champion, not necessarily the best on the mic. And again, that's where a, a manager is really used to his to his best, you know, bringing forth the personality of of the wrestler and adding to the package, uh, being a mouthpiece for that. And again, he's uh, yeah great uh, great use being used in that sort of uh, scenario so he was really good in the AWA but again his real exposure came with the WWF and having that machine behind him Pina what's your take do you think that it hurt Cornette by not being in the WWF during the <clears throat> the glory days of the 80s compared to Bobby Heenan I mean it's a fair argument to be made um did it hurt Jim Cornette I don't I don't feel like it hurt Jim Cornette because Jim Cornette still did go on to be really well known uh, and obviously with his podcasts and stuff now and the following that he's got, he is really mainstream and everybody kind of knows who he is. He's even managing to stay relevant today. Um, but with I don't know if it hurt him because he was able to manage and go to all these different companies and manage all these different teams and sort of rub shoulders with all these different people rather than just staying in one place. So even though Bobby Heenan got the more exposure amongst a lot of the fans he got more exposure amongst the wrestlers and the backstage mm. stuff which he would then later use to his advantage when he was an authority figure or florida championship wrestling and think and smoky mountain wrestling as well later on okay so let, let's talk politics as you, you both raised some really good points i mean Cornette is known for being a political master if you will, or more to the point, rubbing people up the wrong way. Uh, we, we've seen that in the NWA. We've seen it in Crockett. We've seen it in WCW. We've seen it in the World Wrestling Federation when he was in as, as part of the writing team. We've heard that well documented. We've seen it in TNA. We've seen it in, in Ring of Honor. Is that a detriment to his legacy? Does that affect Cornette in the public's eyes? Because if you Google world's greatest wrestling manager, it always comes up with Bobby Heenan's number one. Oof, how do you answer that? That's tricky, isn't it? <laughs> Every t- well, if it's on Google, you know, it's got to be true. <laughs> <laughs> it's not on Wikipedia. 
<laughs> I mean, I've I've got an interesting take on that, and I think uh, it, it kind of goes with with Jim Cornette's uh, whole persona. He is very old school. He is uh, sort of NWA uh, through and through with his, his kind of spirit and, and his persona in wrestling. And I think he is certainly some of the the strong views he's had over the past sort of ten fifteen years have been where you get people like an Orange Cassidy or a Dan Housen, the people who aren't traditional good guy bad guy. Uh, old you know old school heel work old school fan favorites that sort of stuff and i think potentially a lot of what jim cornett does whether he believes it himself or not i think a lot of the character that he still portrays even though he is jim cornett on his own podcast he's he's still trying to keep that uh strict face and heel thing alive he will he's he's being heel he's he's making all of these comments just to try and keep you know kayfabe alive which in this day and age is amazing because you know everyone knows absolutely everything that happens in wrestling almost to the second um and you know something uh, you know number one it gets people listening to what he's got to say as bericles has just said in the chat room he's a shock jock these days yeah. he does know how to throw out those one-liners to sort of piss off your AEW fanboys but yeah, again, he's he's that sort of guy who will, you know, he's he's very much for the old school wrestling was formed on good guys, bad guys, and that's how it works. And um, you know, you've got to respect him for that, I think. Yeah, like when he's reviewing things, he's like, Who's the face and who's the heel? And he does feel like the last soldier of Kayfabe. He's the last person trying to keep it alive. I think the internet has very much broken Kayfabe for a lot of us. Mm. We all kind of, we see more what's happening backstage now than we've ever seen. That curtain's kind of been ripped open to us all. Well, there isn't the curtain anymore, is there? I think the curtain, no. like you said, the curtain's gone. I mean, you know, Lee and I, you, you and I have done some work backstage for what used to be RQW back back in the day. Mm. And that really was an exposure of being backstage and, and seeing how it was put together and, you know, and seeing the, the faces and the heels in the same locker room and, and, and all that type of thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't think, you know, these uh, these guys, you know, you can get every almost every character in wrestling, even The Undertaker now. Uh, he's Mark Calloway. He was playing a character called The Undertaker. Yeah. We've recently discovered. Um, but I think Jim Cornette <laughs> is one of those few people out there who you could sit down and I don't think you'd ever get the real Jim Cornette. He is playing the Jim Cornette character and he's always going to be uh you know making sure you've got faces heels he is playing that character i don't ever think we'll get the the real jim Cornette. and again fair play to him for for sticking to that uh the only person that's going to be similar to that i guess is is vince you know he's he's all about the entertainment business but i think he's got a lot of that ingrained in him okay but is that a good thing or a bad thing because we we've often heard within professional wrestling when we've been covering it either for for real wrestling or for ministry of slam or for retro chat that you can lose your own self in your character and that can be to your own detriment. So one of the things that you could say is a criticism for Jim Cornette is the fact that he doesn't know who Jim Cornette is anymore. He believes he's Jim Cornette, the, the character. What about Bobby Heenan? Did Bobby Heenan believe he was Bobby Heenan, the brain or the weasel? Or did it come across that Bobby Heenan was, was Bobby Heenan? So you know two I mean. instances. Yeah, yeah. Uh, two instances. I mean, Bobby the Brain Heenan was one of the most believable uh, characters and, and sort of managers back in the day. Everyone, despite the fact, and I'll move on to it, you know, he was a really, really nice guy. Everyone backstage absolutely loved him. He had death threats um, when he was uh, when he was managing people. There was, you know, the, at one show, there was, a, there was a gun fired at him that, you know, fortunately missed him, but injured some other people in the crowd. He could raise that ire, but backstage he could switch it off. And you saw things like that at the WWE Hall of Fame uh, when Heenan was inducted and, and he sort of broke down and you 
finally, you know, you saw Heenan and Monsoon uh, work so well uh, as a as a, a commentary team uh, back in the day, but it was always off of the fuel of they didn't like each other and they were bitching back and forth. But you saw when he was kicked off of Monday Night Raw and, and, and all that relationship, and he was talking about that at the Hall of Fame, and he broke down because Gorilla wasn't there for him because uh, Gorilla had passed away some years before, and uh, you know that that sort of you had an insight into the true Bobby Heenan, and again. One of my, I think it was maybe the third wrestling interview I ever did was with Bobby the Brain Heenan. And again, such a nice, genuine guy, happy to talk about anything, really respectful for all of the fans and anyone who appreciated the work that he did. Uh, I think he kind of moved with the times and understood, you know, he went through that WCW, there is no kayfabe anymore. And, uh, you know, he he kind of uh, understood the way the business was going, was happy to talk about the fact that he was a bad guy and, you know, the stuff that really happened behind the scenes and, and things like that. So, yeah, I, I think um, Heenan knew his place, definitely. And if he was around today, I still think he'd have a really key role in in pro wrestling one way or the other. Interesting comment that's come in the chat. Peanut, I'd love to get your, your take on this one now. Um, it's on Bericles. In shoots, Bobby would talk about being the brain character, but Corny is always Corny. What's your take on on that from defending the Jim Cornette perspective? I mean, <clears throat> for a man who's trying to keep kayfabe alive, there's a certain element of I think Rocky, uh, the character playing Rocky Johnson, The Rock said it well, living the gimmick. Yeah, like he's kind of like living the gimmick. That's who he is. That's who he portrays himself as. Does he turn all his cameras off after his podcasts and still be like that? With his partner and stuff, I'm not so sure. I think he's just keeping the public frontage that he's always kept. I think when the cameras go down, he goes back to being Jim Cornette, the person rather than the character. Um, but Bobby the Brain Heenan, he did say in interviews and talk about the brain character, which was a great character, a very well-respected character. And don't get me wrong, I'm never going to take anyone anything away from Bobby the Brain Heenan's uh, accomplishments throughout any of this. Like Bobby the Brain Heenan is definitely one of the greatest managers of all time. I just think Jim Cornette's that little bit better. Well, what does it take to be the greatest wrestling manager of all time? You guys have done the opening gambit. You've talked and we've heard about their times in the in the different companies and what they would have done and the fact they live kayfabe. But what is it? What does it take? What's the character? What do they need to bring? I think if, if you're talking about, I mean, you could take this in multiple different ways, but purely as a manager, which is, you know, what this what this podcast says on, on the tin, who's the greatest manager? I think you, you need to uh, you need to enhance the talent that you've got that have come into the ring. And I can think of, uh, you know, one of the main sort of people that I can think of that, that Bobby Heenan really helped were the Brain Busters, Arn Anderson, Tully Blanchard. If they'd have come to the ring, um, especially in sort of late 80s WWF, you had Ultimate Warrior, Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, these giant guys with the tan. And let's let's just say the roids. Let's just get it out there for, for starters. Um, you know, there are these giant superheroes and then these two, and, and we know how good Arn and Tully are, but against the WWF cartoon character roster at the time, these two very bland uh, air marks there for people just listening on the podcast wrestlers come to the ring they wouldn't have lasted five minutes in the eyes of the fans I, I don't think unless they had Bobby Heenan there Bobby Heenan would immediately that the fans will think Bobby Heenan imagine these guys we hate them so that's why you want to see the rockers against them the heart foundation against them demolition against them you want to see these guys get their asses kicked Bobby Heenan's out there you know doing his heel work outside and and trying to distract the good guys and uh you know help with the cheap finishes and and things like that and it wasn't too long after the brainbusters came in that they were tag team champions and Bobby Heenan always holding one of the belts and 
you know, really just being part of the whole package. So I think that that's what it is. It's enhancing the talent that you've you've already got in front of you and, and you know, being a good mouthpiece and making uh, the whole a greater than the sum of its parts. Peanut, what do you think? Uh, what makes a great manager? Uh, I definitely agree that you've got to enhance the talent. Um, that's a total... Yeah, like what he was doing for like the Midnight Express and Yokozuna and trying to be a bit of a mouthpiece for them where otherwise they wouldn't be. I mean, Owen Hart as well. He even helped Owen. Um, I kind of like if you're a heel manager, you've kind of got to get away with a cheap win every now and then and like using a tennis racket to cheat in a match. I mean, you could use any weapon, but a tennis racket, it really is a unique way of doing it. You throw them the tennis racket and they hit them with it and the racket kind of bends and breaks and like there's a lot you can do with that. And I think that you've got to bring something to the table like the promo stuff, the tennis racket, the examples I'm giving. But as you said, so rightly so, and enhance enhance the talent and showcase them where they might not have that charisma to be as good on the mic as, as say, I don't know, an MJF or a Miz. Mm. Yeah, I think you're right with um, like Jim Cornette. Certainly when he was in, in WWF with Yokozuna, uh, all you had was Yokozuna, who didn't speak English, as we know, um, and uh, <laughs> was there with Mr. Fuji, who could do your occasional one-liners, but he was you know very limited in, in sort of getting heat and his, his promos. Put Jim Cornette there, and, and you've got the big WWF champion with the Japanese manager, Mr. Fuji, the evil guy with the salt. And then you've got Jim Cornette, who is, um, you know, again, one of the greatest talkers in the history of wrestling there to, to put the guy over. If, if, if he needed any more getting over than he already was, you've got Cornette there to talk down people like Bret Hart, Hulk Hogan, and, you know, the guys that Yokozuna went against. So yeah, uh, absolutely. He was, uh, again, did a similar sort of thing that, that Heenan did, you know, really just put the talent on the next level. Let's talk about the comment that's on screen at the moment. So Bericles is, is said, Bobby was so hated, he got the people he was with heat, no matter who it was. I think genuinely think he did more for the Red Rooster than, say, Cornette did for Manta, which, of course, we all are desperately trying to forget the 1995 <laughs> combination called Manta. But what does that say about the two characters? Do you agree with that? Do you, again, think it was because Bobby was a WWF original if you will that he got the better stable Cornette come in and vince has got this mentality of you're not in my company so i'm going to make you pay i.e dusty roads with the with the yellow polka dots <laughs> uh it's an it's an interesting one again i think yeah i mean mantor mantor was never going to get over anyway the red rooster was in a uh, a federation at the time where it was it was characters it was pure characters and again i think to be fair to both Cornet and heenan you put if you could have had the red rooster walk to the ring you didn't know if he was a good guy or a bad guy uh, mm. same with mantor you know i, I suppose he, he looked a bit more evil and demonic because of the dark colors and the horns and well whatever you remember that um but again you knew if you had either of those guys with you uh, and you're a wrestler we've got to boo that guy because he's being managed by heenan or Cornette. you know they were stick uh, any of those either of those guys with a wrestler you know they're a bad guy and they've instantly got heat whoever they are peanut yeah he's absolutely right both bobby and jim Cornette bring that to the table you could stick anyone with those two and they're going to get booed i mean even even andre the giant would be a great example of someone who might not have got booed but going up against hulk hogan with bobby the brain heenan as manager it you know it and it gets him over hmm. Uh, Jim Connor has done that for a few wrestlers as well, like Yokozuna and Vader. You know, 
it's easy to boo Vader, I suppose, but what even Owen <laughs> Hart, you know? So, Is yeah, there, I, I completely agree with you. Was there power on the stick? I mean, we, we, we've kind of mentioned it previously, but cunning promos, was there power on the stick? Is that where you know them for? More than what they do at ringside? Because you, you, you've mentioned it there, Peanut, about you take Andre the Giant, who at the time we get to 1987, by the time we get to WrestleMania three, was, you know, not moving the best he ever was. Uh, obviously, he began to go down, was not good with promos, was really kind of at the end of his of his run, but got revitalized by having Bobby Heenan and being part of the Heenan family right the way through until WrestleMania six, and of course that whole alliance with Stevie Assey and at WrestleMania four and and the Twin Towers and the Mega Powers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera right the way through to, to WrestleMania 6. On the equivalent side of that, you've got Jim Cornette, who had some great runs with the Midnight Express in the NWA against the Rock and Roll Express. But that's kind of where it finishes, isn't it? Because can you think of any other major feuds where you can remember it straight away? Or he, he emphasized it via the mic? a good question i mean i think uh, again it is is part of the exposure period again as british wrestling fans um what we've got to remember <laughs> berkeley's just said the new midnight express yeah let's not talk about the new midnight express <laughs> i've had enough bombastic bart and bodacious whatever it was anyway um bombastic bob and bodacious Bert. that was it yeah <laughs> wow cool, i tried to i tried to get it out of my head but you know it's, it's back in there now um yeah so i think the what are we talking about? Oh, the mic stuff. Yeah. Again, the, the exposure level of it, you know, the, the Andre situation um, was huge. You know, WWF was rock and roll at the time. One of the things Jim Cornette did so, so well, and you see this with every Midnight Express um, match, that he would always walk them to the ring. Cornette would grab the, the microphone from the ring announcer and he would introduce his tag team. And it wasn't just, oh, is Bobby and then Stan Lane. But, you know, it'd be... Uh, he'd, he'd come up with the whole little spiel about what they were doing the night before and whose favorite wrestler they were and, and all that kind of stuff. I know I'm like selling for Jim Cornette here, but he, say you're on the wrong person, Lee. <laughs> but, you know, I, I can't diss the guy. You know, I, I, I do think at the end of the day, it's, we're never going to know because uh, Jim Cornette didn't quite have that same platform that Bobby the Brain Heenan had. There's a lot of what ifs we're talking about here, but mm. he was very, very good on the mic at selling his own talent. And again, if you had an, if you had just uh, you know Stan Lane was okay on the mic, Bobby Eaton not so much. But you know, as soon as you get Jim Cornette in there, marches in front, grabs the mic, and starts shouting at whatever tag team, Rock and Roll Express, or or whoever is the uh, the babyface team of the day, and uh, you know the other team is is gonna like leave red faced Midnight Express, end up looking amazing. I mean, I do. And so I do feel like Cornette had another period in time where he had his own little group and it was Yoko Zuna and I think Owen Hart and Vader and a few others sort of in the mid-90s. Mm. And at that point, I'm pretty sure Yoko Zuna was, in fact, the WWF champion. Yeah. So there were times when he did have this exposure, um, other than just the, the Midnight Express. There are other times where he's managed mm. to have a little group or just be mm. a one-man band with somebody. Yeah. But what do you what do you remember most when you hear the name Jim Cornette? I mean, that's I suppose that's what I'm trying to get at. When you when you think of feuds and you think of staples, what do you think of? I instantly go back to the to the Midnight Express. I can't yeah. really think of anybody else bar the Midnight Express. You know, I can think of the match between them and, and 
the Rock and Roll Express in the scaffold match at NWA. Of course, yeah. I can remember that. Everybody's seen that fall. Yeah, exactly. You <laughs> yeah. compare it to The Undertaker and Mankind at Hell in the Cell at King of the Ring. So it, it's one of those moments that kind of goes to the test of time. If they were both active, if, say, Bobby was still alive, bless him, um, in their prime, current product, where would they be? I'd love to see Bobby still managing. Um, I mean, again, the, one of the reasons he moved to to commentary was because of his injuries that he'd sustained in the ring. He had a, a very bad neck um, and, uh, you know, occasionally be, would be used as a, as a sort of a mouthpiece, but wasn't, you know, technically at the side of the ring. That's why he never ended up actually managing Ric Flair. He didn't want to be ringside in case he got any more injuries. Uh, but, you know, with that aside, I think uh, Bobby Heenan in the WWF, because of the nature of the product today, I think Bobby Heenan would almost have like a Ric Flair aura around him where even if he was playing the role of heel, I think you'd still have people almost cheering or supporting whatever Bobby Heenan did because he'd almost got that legendary status. Um, and I think he'd, uh, you know, it, he, he'd want people, he'd, uh, or people would want him to call them humanoids and they, they think it would be amazing. Every sort of promo he did, he'd get applauded or cheered for it rather than uh, back in the eighties and nineties where he'd be a stereotypical bad guy. I, I think, you know, the wrestling uh, crowd has changed so much and everyone would know about, uh, you know, the story of Bobby the Brain Heen and where he came from and how hard he works, how everyone could appreciate his work rate, which again, wasn't discussed in the uh, in the 80s and 90s. And I think uh, people will respect that. And it would be very diff uh, difficult for him to be a proper heel manager, uh, as it were, in this day and age. I mean, it's kind of, kind of like Heyman, sorry, just to finish off, kind of like Heyman. He's a bad guy manager, but everyone loves Paul Heyman in the big scheme of things. You know, he's a very, very popular guy, even though he is the ultimate bad guy, uh, chicken shit heel manager, as we're seeing at the moment. Mm. Everyone still likes Paul Heyman and thinks he's the best. Unless you're an ECW original, of course. Well, yeah. <laughs> and still waiting for your paycheck. Um, <laughs> Peanut, what about you? What do you think? So, Jim Cornett, where do I see him? I'll tell you where I don't see him. I don't see him in AEW. We can rule that out pretty quickly. <laughs> um... I kind of see him, like the Paul Heyman thing is a really good thing, because I can see Jim Cornette you, being a, a sort of Paul Heyman for a, a big enhancement, a big talent that they wanted to get over and give a big push to. But I think if they were going to do it, it'd probably have to be somewhere like NWA or New Japan Pro Wrestling, where kayfabe is a bit more protected and it's a bit more old school. It feels like that would be far more up Jim Cornette's alleyway than say an AEW or WWE in its current mm -hmm. format because nobody likes WWE in its current format. <laughs> ministry, correct. Dude, you love it. I hate it every week. They rave about it on Ministry every single week. The Royal Rumble review. You listen to it. It was fantastic. Uh, Five star event. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I liked it when it caught fire. I'm going to go on record as saying that that was the worst men's rumble I've ever seen that didn't end in a draw. Mm, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Just worst men's rumble, period, I think. Um, comment from Bericles in the chat. Uh, Cornette could make his stuff work anywhere because he knows what he's doing. Mm. I think Bericles is very much on the side of Camp Cornette tonight, yeah. more than Bobby Heenan. I mean, I think it it almost falls into the into the argument of uh, you know back in the in the eighties and nineties you had who's the best wrestler, Ric Flair or Hulk Hogan? Like, okay, so it kind of depends if you're an NWA fan or a WCW fan or a WWF fan, what side you fall and what you consider good wrestling. You know, Hogan was never the best technical wrestler, but 
argue, you know, arguably he sold the most tickets, he made the most money. So from the business side, does that make him the most successful wrestler? Whereas Flair, a lot more technically sound, he is your, your traditional wrestler, could technically wrestle rings around Hogan. But again, because he didn't have that exposure until the early 90s in the WWF, where Hogan was already then dominant, um, you know, he, he didn't quite get that same uh, kind of applause in that time. So it's whatever you consider wrestling is, I guess, as to what you prefer. You know, it's horses mm. for courses, really, isn't it? And I think kind of Heenan and and Cornette fall in, in those same two sides. You know, Heenan was a bit more showbiz and uh, uh, Cornette being a little bit more old school, I think. So Heenan family, Camp Cornette, who would be in either of the two if they were managing today? <laughs> that's Ooh. a good one it's a what if scenario i know it's a what if scenario but let's yeah, let's say there's no promotions you've got the raft of doing whatever you want who would you put in the heenan family and who would you put in camp cornet and why would you put them in there i think that's an interesting concept. you're gonna take heenan family and i'll take colt Carnet. yeah yeah let's do it um one of the first people i would stick in there is wardlow um, from AEW, massive guy, a lot of potential. They're going to pull the trigger on him very soon, but he definitely, definitely, definitely needs a mouthpiece. He would, uh, you know, someone like Bobby Heenan there to uh, shout at the bag, uh, to try shout at the good guys would be amazing. And then you've got the, yeah, got Wardlow in the background. That's my first pick for for Heenan family, I think. Okay, Camp Cornet. Uh, can I pick a tag team first? You can pick a tag team. Yeah, okay. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna start with FTR. <laughs> we all know that Cornet is a fan of FTR. We all know that Cornet loves FTR. In the ring, they're good, but I don't. I feel like they need that extra charismatic boost, and I know that Cornet's the guy that could do that for them. Okay, Lee. Sounds good. Um, oh God, it's it's really difficult to think because you again in the 80s and 90s, you people weren't trained the same way. You know, uh, there's very few people who aren't at least can at least hold their own on the mic uh, in this day and age because of the way they're trained. They're, they're trained to be performers uh, as well as wrestlers. So it's difficult to see where a manager would uh, would fit in. But I would think, uh, let's go on to a WWE side. I would think someone along the lines of um, maybe I could see him managing someone like, uh, someone like Omos. Again, I, I always think of these sort of big guys who haven't got much of a... Uh, a sort of a, a spoken um, a persona around them. Yeah, Bericles has just said Omos as well mm. in in the chat. Uh, I think that would be great. Again, sort of a, almost a silent killer that you've then got um, you know a mouthpiece for. I think that would be great. I'm gonna I'm gonna choose the tag team next, but let me think about who it could be. <laughs> okay, Peanut. Um, weird as it sounds, because obviously Cornet's managed Vader and Yokozuna. I know. I think he's called Titan now, but Braun Strowman. Oh, okay. Um, He's a really big, powerful guy that draws off the experience that he used with Yokozuna and Vader. And I just think that he lacks charisma sometimes. And that's the point of a manager. You know, you, you can get someone over when they might not be as good on the mic. And again, Cornette, no one better. Perfect. Thank you. Lee, your tag uh, team. I said I was going to go for a tag team. I'm not going to. I'm going to go with... Uh, and I'm thinking back, I was looking back at sort of who he's managed in the past and, and it hasn't always been people who needed a mouthpiece. So people like Rick Rude and Mr. Perfect that he's managed, people who could quite comfortably hold a promo on their own. I'm going to go with someone like AJ Styles. Again, 
sorry to use the term, but phenomenal in-ring talent has, you know, he's got better since he's been with WWE on the, on the mic, but again, someone that could potentially push him to the next level. He could almost be, uh, I don't want to say a ravishing Rick Rude type performer because not with the persona, but, uh, someone who, uh, you know, has got it all, but just needed something to tip him over the edge. Um, like, like, uh, Heenan did with Rude and, and maybe use some of his shenanigans to, uh, win a belt, something along those lines. I think AJ would be great with him. Okay. Perfect. Peter. Um, I'm going to draft one of my favorite wrestlers now. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to draft MJF over. Oh, I was wondering if anyone was going to pick MJF. And I know, I know that he's a bit more like the Rick Rude, Mister Perfect example you gave. Mm. Which doesn't really need the mouthpiece, but he's a really good heel. And I know that Cornette thinks highly of him. And whenever I'm picking these wrestlers, I have to bear in mind that Cornette doesn't like like 90% of the wrestlers that are wrestling today. So I have to try and keep it to wrestlers I know he likes. <laughs> Good logic. All right, last pick for everyone now. So Lee, your last pick. Okay, I'm, I am going to do my tag team now and run with me on this. Bobby Heenan in the Heenan family managing Chad Gable and, uh, oh God, what's his name? Otis. Otis, sorry, yeah. I was going to say Omos again. Otis. Yeah, I, again, I think that would be good. Oh, flip them, flip them, uh, flip them heel. That would be great. You know, all of a sudden they just walk out. They've, you know, they, they, they're trying to uh, do a bit of an angle with those guys as the Alpha Academy now and not really getting over very well. But as soon as they walk out that curtain with Bobby the Brain Heenan, fans have a reason to boo them. Uh, and again, it, it's a tag team. Uh, they could gel together sort of as a threesome there and got a great uh, voice for uh, for the tag team to get them over. Awesome. Peanut, your last pick. Uh, very quickly, just to answer one of the comments. Um, ever since MJF lost his diamond ring, he hasn't had a way to cheat like that, so the tennis racket would do it. Um, that's why you would do that, uh, in my opinion. And my last pick, I'm going to go with Tommaso Ciampa. Again, mm. playing into the idea of a nice big guy like Cornette's managed before. I don't really, I've never really heard Cornette like say anything terrible about Tommaso Ciampa. So it's probably going to be a good solid pick. And that's another big guy, um, again, for his repertoire of big guys he's managed in the past. And do you know what? There's a couple of really interesting tidbits that you can take out of this. No one has picked anyone from Impact. <laughs> and no women. Hmm. I think it's because you, you don't think of, and again, it is purely because of the era that they, they were at their prime mm -hmm. in. There weren't any, you never pictured Bobby Heenan or Jim Cornette managing a, a woman uh, or a female wrestler. Um, I, I think it's it's just difficult to, to picture that. Not yeah. saying they wouldn't, you know, a Thunder Rosa or something with either of them would, would I imagine, work quite well. But it's, it's difficult to picture. It gets some, uh, something to get used to, I think. What's the name of that woman from AEW, the one that genuinely scares the living crap out of everybody? Abaddon. Yeah. Terrifying. <laughs> no. no. Even if they said, here's half a million, can you manage it? No, absolutely not. I'm not standing yeah. anywhere near that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you hear the name. Let's go back to you individually. Let's go back to your two candidates that you're, that you're, you're pushing. What do you think when you hear the name Jim Cornette? Bina? I think... Prom, great on the mic, the tennis racket of uniqueness and a very diverse portfolio of talent across a wide range of wrestling companies spanning around 20 to 30 years. Lee, what do you think when you hear Bobby Heenan? 
manager of every dominant heel in the sort of mid to late 80s and early 90s in the WWF. Great commentator, great at putting people over and uh, a man that can do it all, not just manage, but he can he can commentate, he can wrestle, he can uh, do a little bit of everything. Jack of all trades. So we're going to put a poll up across social media. It's going to be revealed the winner on Ministry of Slam this Sunday. For anyone watching this and listening to this now on the audio feed, if you had to recommend that they went to watch a Cornet match or a Cornet event that he was a part of, or a Bobby Heenan match or a Bobby Heenan event that he was a part of, to solidify your argument and prove why they are the greatest wrestling manager or personality of all time, what would you go for and why, Lee? I'm going to choose, uh, you probably know what match I'm going to choose for Bobby Heenan already. And it's it's yeah. a match he didn't even manage in, but it's the 92 Royal Rumble. Uh, feel, like seeing, uh, hearing, sorry, Heenan being so nervous about what number Ric Flair was going to pull and then uh, seeing him walk out as number three and him having a nervous breakdown at ringside, uh, how he would flip-flop uh, with different people in the ring, depending on whether or not they were helping Flair or or, or beating him up. And uh, you know, regardless whether or not he was a... Uh, they were a heel or a face and then the relief at the end with him shouting yes and then going backstage and they had the interview together uh gene oakland with flair heenan and uh, and mr perfect and celebrating it shows everything that heenan is capable of the personality the promos the emotional range that he has uh yeah for for me it's got to be that peanut I mean, it's really easy to recommend any Midnight Express versus Rock and Roll Express match since the dawn of time. (laughs) Um, But I would actually make the argument of the scaffold match just to show how far Jim Cornette would actually go to help his talent get over. He's terrified up there. You can see it in his face and you can hear it when he talks about it in his podcast. He's terrified. But that's that's the length he was willing to go to, to to work with his talent and put them over. And I think it stands alone. Perfect. Now, closing arguments. This is it. This is your chance to put your final case forward as to why Bobby Heenan or Jim Cornette should win the poll. So, who's going to go first? You can go first, mate. Yeah, thanks very much. (laughs) Democratic of you. Uh, what else can I say that hasn't, hasn't already been said over the last 45 minutes? Uh, Bobby Heenan, manager to the stars. If you wanted someone to have nuclear heat to go against Hulk Hogan, Ultimate Warrior, Randy Savage, any of the main, yeah, whoever was WWE champion on the face side of things or Intercontinental champion or tag team champions, any of the big faces uh, back in the late 80s and early 90s, you had a Bobby Heenan-led wrestler if you wanted to give someone the rub to, to to make them sort of super nuclear in the run up to those guys. It was Bobby the Brain Heenan again, as I said at the start, pushing uh, his own talent when he was in uh, commentary, even pushing other uh, other performers who were heels. Uh, who weren't necessarily managed by him. When his his managing career ended, he was always an advocate for the bad guys. Uh, again, such a diverse talent, uh, amazing manager, amazing commentator. Uh, that's it. Fina. If your wrestling company's struggling or you need to get a talent over, there's not really any better than Jim Cornette. He's turned around the futures of loads of wrestling companies in the past, and he's managed some of the greatest talent there's ever been in Owen Hart, Yokozuna, Vader, top champs, and you know, you've got the Midnight Express, a whole array of talent. He can he's great on the mic, he can get you over. If you don't got a wrestler that might not have the mic skills, he's the guy you can call. He can even put matches together. I mean, he's just done everything and he's done it everywhere. 
So now is your turn to to vote for who is the greatest wrestling manager, Jim Cornette or Bobby the Brain Heenan. Bericles is saying we should have done Jim Cornette versus Paulie. Who knows? Maybe we will. That's down the line. We have had a request, though, and I want to put this out to you guys. I want to invite you back on to do this one. It's come from Head of Steel on Twitter, and it, um, Twitter, sorry, and it's showman versus technical wrestler mm. would be a good topic. So the uh, the invite is out there for you both to come back and do that topic as well. Um, right, just before we begin to wrap up this week's show, I want to touch on a couple of things about current wrestling product to get your uh take on because it is breaking as of today uh the first one shane mcmahon gone from wwe following the royal rumble well i mean clearly they're worried about riddle because he is clearly a much better striker and mma star than matt riddle is they're they're clearly worried about riddle's safety get shane out of there before he does some serious damage (laughs) are you surprised about it though because you know obviously he's got real uh backstage morale down following the royal rumble and now very quietly vince has gone <laughs> your own mm. son it's interesting i think it's not going to be like yeah uh, you know the, the the spate of releases we've seen with wwe i think what's happened is the backstage are a little bit pissed off there's probably i mean they're already on the verge of a revolution happening uh in the locker room and i think this could potentially tip the locker room uh over the edge so i think okay shane we'll say you're fired just disappear for six months with mm. you and we won't have you on tv uh just to try and keep the peace a little bit i think that's all it is peanut what's your thoughts on it yeah it comes i agree it comes across as a bit of a knee-jerk reaction because he seems to have got a bit of a heat about a bit of heat about the men's rumble and how it was put together and i think this is just a knee-jerk way to appease the fans and get a bit of heat off them for a temporary measure like you're saying i completely agree with you mm. Okay, and the last one, just to touch on before we finish, preview for tonight. Who is going to win CM Punk MGF and what are we expecting from the match on Dynamite? (laughs) You know, you can kick this one off. It's kind of my dream match. I mean, MGF is one of my favourite heels and I'm sat here in a CM Punk hat. Like, (laughs) it's a dream match for me. Their mic work's been amazing. What am I expecting? Honestly, MJF cheap win. He'll either cheat somehow or something. He's got to because I don't I don't really know. Like this could really go either way. But if MJF edges it by cheating, it's gotta go his way. Lee. I'm going slightly different. I do think we're gonna see a CM Punk victory. Uh I think it's gonna be uh it'll be a yeah, very back and forth match between the two of them. And I think MJF will be starting to go on the losing end and he'll order Wardlow to beat up uh cm punk uh or get involved or something and this is where we're going to see wardlow finally snap uh he will uh turn on mjf give him whatever move roll him into the ring go to sleep from cm punk mjf loses but that immediately kickstart the wardlow Mm -hmm. and mjf feud i think that's what's going to happen tonight and of course the other thing tonight as well is john moxley facing off against brian kendrick wow the recently released got his release Ali, uh, Mustafa Ali doesn't get it, but, you know, Brian Kendrick gets it. And now this Wednesday is facing off against Mox. Amazing, isn't it? Like, Brian Kendrick has, has been around for for what seems like, well, it has been decades now. You know, he's, uh, uh, he's, he's a guy that always seems like a young guy, a young cruiserweight guy. No, no matter how old he gets, he always seems like the same character. Um, but, yeah, it should, be, it should be interesting to see what version of Brian Kendrick we get here. Um, again, it is just another ex-WWE name coming into AEW. We've said over the past few weeks, stop bringing in people. You've mm. got enough people there to do stuff with. But, 
for some reason Kendrick is in AEW and uh, yeah, going against Moxley. Just good to see Moxley in the ring again, in my opinion. Is, is Kendrick the only performer in recent memory to be in every major promotion? So WWE, he started off in Ring of Honor, the WWE, went to WCW for a cup of coffee, um, Impact, and now in AEW. That's a good one. Chat room can help us out here. Sounds like he's still got New Japan to do. Oh, I think he's been in New Japan. I, I think he has, yeah. I think he has done um, done New Japan. He might not have done WCW, because that might have shut down by then. But he, And then, obviously, he, he had a spell in WECW. Yeah. Yeah, done TNA. Wow, that is interesting. We're going to have to do some research on that. But, yeah, you, you could be right. It's, it's either just him or he's one of the, the, the very few. Yeah. Just wonder. Just just mm. one thing that kind of came to head. Gentlemen, thank you so much for tonight. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on talking about uh the two legendary managers in professional wrestling. Hope to bring you back on again soon. Next week, though, um, we're gonna be live talking a completely different subject. I am gonna have a guest. That's gonna be a member of the former Northern Ireland Connection. Chris Vince from Vintos Vault will be joining me, and we're gonna be talking all things only fools. <laughs> and horses. So good old Del Boy and that plonker Rodney. Uh, we're going to be touching on all of that uh, next week live right here on Retro Chat. Now, if you want to keep in contact with the MOS Network, Lee, how do you do that? Uh, you can do that by literally typing the MOS network into everything. If you go to uh, our website over at uh, ministryofslam.co.uk, you've got all of the links there. Head on over to the ministry or the MOS network, I should say, page on there, and you've got links to all of our shows. Uh, It's uh, twitch.tv forward slash the MOS network, youtube.com forward slash the MOS network, uh, facebook.com forward slash MOS network. It's not the MOS network. Uh, we've got two Twitters. We've got Ministry of Slam and we've got the MOS network. We've got shop. Uh, no, what is it? Shop.ministryofslam.co.uk. Too many links here for merch. Uh, Discord.ministryofslam.co.uk. If you want to talk random wrestling shit 24 hours a day, gaming, all that kind of stuff, head on over there. I think that's pretty much it. Exactly. If you want to listen to the Ministry of Slam live, you can do it every Sunday at 7 p.m. GMT or catch the podcast on a Monday both on the ministry feed and right here on the retro chat feed and MOS classics comes out on a Friday where you can listen to me, Lawrence, Lee, Martin, and Miller talk wrestling from 13 years ago. Uh, <laughs> Amazing. <makes> <laughs> um, now you want to keep up with the latest wrestling news, peanut, where do they need to go? Uh, get yourself over to real wrestling.net. Um, also we are, on YouTube, Twitter, pretty much anywhere, Facebook, uh, Real Wrestling, look us up. Just look for the two R's on the side. Yeah, two wrestling, two two R's on there. You've also got a Discord as well. Um, and if you want to check out one of the toughest or 60 of the toughest wrestling quizzes <laughs> you will ever take part in, check out Peanut on the realwrestling.net website because uh, he completely stumped me. Yeah, I, I wasn't able to, to do the quiz earlier on so uh yes there we go gentlemen stay with me for just a second that's it for this week here on the retro chat podcast thank you um for joining us thank you for being with us we will see you all next week until then take care